Hey, hey, it's Mandy Kay and you are listening to the Find Your Calling podcast and I am so happy to have you tune in with me this week. Now, this is a prelude to my recorded episode. In editing it, I felt the need to address the difference between what I'm going to call big R risk and little r risk. The stories I share in this episode are little r risks, where really the biggest risk is to a bruised ego, to feeling disappointed. Whereas if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you've listened to my backstory uh, in episodes one and two, you realize that I also take really big risks in life and I believe our souls will often call us to take those. I've left a marriage. I've quit jobs and I've taken really big leaps of faith and they the things that I would consider are big uh, risks and I just wanted to clarify that that when we're taking really big risks that it's important to work with your nervous system and get the support that you need in order to navigate those and yeah listen to this episode through the lens of really encouraging you to take more little r risks. And the research shows as well that if you want to expand your capacity to be more courageous, to step outside of your comfort zone, to take bigger risks, then the first place to start is to start taking little risks. So with that being said, let's dive into it. I am so happy for the conversation that we're about to have together because we are going to talk about being bold and taking risks. And I thought I would go into a little bit more of the detail of the story of Kate McQuillan being on the podcast. If you haven't tuned in yet, check out the last episode. She's an incredible change maker, a storyteller, a producer, just creative powerhouse who is making immense change throughout the world through her TV program, Dirt Girl World and Get Grubby TV and all of her activism and change-making work. And I thought I'd just go through the story of how she actually came to be on the podcast and what's happened since because there are a lot of lessons in this for you to take away and apply in your own life and are representative of so much of what I have talked about in previous episodes. So the long and short of it is you've got to be taking risks and go out there and be bold because you never know what can happen. So. How it all started was I was volunteering as a stage manager at Woodford Folk Festival over the Christmas New Year period. And I must admit that when I got there, I had the thought, gosh, I'd so much rather be an MC for this event. <laughs> like being a stage manager was also out of my comfort zone because I'd never done it before. But I love being on stage. I love having a microphone in my hand. That's why podcasting is so good. <laughs> I had tried in previous years to see if I could MC, but they didn't have it as an open application form. You had to sort of be in the know and I wasn't in the know and 
Therefore, when the opportunity came to stage manage it, I said yes and applied for that. Anyway, so I was at the festival. I was like, wow, emceeing would be a lot easier, it felt like. And then in the actual induction for stage managing, there was an announcement being made by the person who was managing the MC saying, hey, I don't have enough MCs. If any of you are willing to MC, could you please give me your details at the end of this session? So, of course, I was like, hey, that's my opportunity. I said I wanted to be an MC and I don't even care if I've already got a volunteering job. I'm going to say yes to being an MC. And he was like, great, let me take your details and then turn up to this training tonight. And honestly, (laughs) by the time that time rolled around, we had been going so long with our stage managing team trying to prepare the venue and I had a really big headache and I just felt completely rubbish, to be honest, that I was like, oh my God, this is the last thing I feel like doing is suddenly going to another training session for another volunteering role. And I had to go back to the camp to get some Panadol because the head was throbbing. I just felt so terrible. But I had to walk past the venue that the training was happening and it was like starting like right then. There was that part of me that was like, this just feels too hard. And Yet I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go and I'm going to ask and see whether or not I can turn up late because I thought maybe it'll just buy me a bit of time to like get some food, have some water, take some Panadol and maybe I'll start to feel okay to turn up. So I just popped in and I asked and I spoke to somebody and they were like, yeah, that's fine. Just turn up when you can. That's okay. So like that's the first lesson that you never know if you don't ask. And this is going to be a repeated lesson in this episode, like multiple times. (laughs) So that was great. I went back to the tent, had some food, had some Panadol. And I also recruited Hannah, my beautiful partner, into it as well, because she was like, okay, she was also wanting to be on stage. She's a performer. So she was like, yeah, I'll come. So we both gate crashed the emceeing training. Now I have to say, As much as what I love having a microphone in my hand and being on stage, it's been a little while since I have done that. And we had to do this exercise where we had to get up on stage and pretend to introduce one another as MCs. And obviously we'd missed like half the training by this point. So we just kind of rock up to when they're actually doing it. And I felt so nervous. Oh my God, my heart was in my throat. My heart was pounding through my chest. And I was suddenly thinking, what the fuck am I doing this for? This doesn't feel fun. This feels terrifying. Like what? Anyway, I was like, okay, I know this. This is being out of your comfort zone. This is a good thing, Mandy. Like you've got to push through this and you've just got to, you've got to do it. Like this is where the growth is. So I got up and and as soon as I was on stage, had the microphone in my hand, like words came out of my mouth. I wasn't really too sure. Sat back down, was relieved when Hannah was like, that was good. I was like, okay, great. Awesome. Great. We got through it. And then they said, look, an MC has dropped out. We've got some shifts that we're trying to fill. So if you've got some time, go over and see whether or not you can fill one of those shifts. And I was very clear 
I only wanted to MC on my stage where I was stage managing because it was the stage where all the change making talks were on. Like I know my jam. My jam is not to get out in front of a massive audience and introduce some band. That's not my jam. My jam is to like talk to all the people, like serious change makers who want to go and listen to serious change making talks. I'm like, that's my jam. That's what I want to introduce. And I obviously already had a a full schedule of other shifts in my current volunteering role. And there it was. One particular, like only one, it wasn't even a whole shift, but it was like introducing one act. I could do based on my parameters and it happened to be Kate McQuillan speaking on my stage, being interviewed by Costa and I didn't even know who Kate was. So I had a quick Google search of who she was and I had known and heard of Dirt Girl World. So I was like, okay, that sounds really interesting. I'll do that. And I put my hand up and so that was the one event I emceed for the whole festival. So beforehand, I did my research on her. And I mean, once I started to dig around on Kate, I was impressed. She's based in the Northern Rivers, having global reach, won an Emmy. Like, I was like, okay, this woman is pretty damn hot. So not hot in like a sexy, hot, hot way. You know, like, damn, like the change making you're doing is really damn hot and sexy. Okay, I don't know why I'm talking about sexiness, but wanting to change the world is sexy, right? (laughs) Anyway, so I got to introduce her. That was really fine. And then I got to listen to her. And as I was listening to her, I was like, wow, there are so many points in her story that I wanted to go in deeper. And I knew that you would want to hear those parts of her story too. Like she'd mentioned in her talk about being rejected from the initial CDs they sent out. And I was like, I want to hear more about that. I want to hear more about what actually kept her going and how long did it take to actually get picked up and and what was that process like? Because I think all of us are going to experience roadblocks and challenges and rejections along the path to doing what we're called to do. And I want to know more about that part of the story is like, how do we keep going? And so I had this impulse. I want her to be on this podcast. And so (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to follow that impulse. So I did the outro, which is like when you thank her on stage. And then I went up to her and I was just genuine. And I just connected to her heart to heart. I was just like, I just saw her as another human. I explained to her who I was. I explained to her my podcast. And I spoke to her about the fact that I thought that there were parts about her story that would be really inspiring to my listeners of the podcast. And I just asked, would you consider being on it? And she said, yes. And I was like, what? She said, yes. Because honestly, I really didn't know whether or not she would say yes. I really thought that there would be a chance that she would just be like, look, I'm really sorry. I'm too busy. I get many invitations and offers and I just can't say yes to them. Like... Like I just thought that could be an absolute reality. So the lesson here, follow your impulses. When you have inspired ideas like that in the moment, don't talk yourself out of them. We have that handbrake in the brain automatically that will 
want to keep you safe and want to keep you within your comfort zone and playing safe. And I'm here to say, override that, override that automatic break in your brain that says, no, 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 don't do that. And just be bold and take the risks and follow the impulses because the worst that could happen is they may say no. And you can handle that. You can handle the disappointment. Oh, and it's important to note here, I did not exaggerate the podcast. I I told her, this is a new podcast. My audience is still growing. I wanted her to understand what she was saying yes to. And in the email, I even gave her an out, I think, to say, look, really understand if things are too busy. But I gave a link to my calendar and said, if there's a time that works, I'd love to interview you. And then the lesson here is like, just surrender the outcome. Like I did my bit. (laughs) I followed up with my impulse. I followed up again with the email and I truly did not worry either way. Like I was not going to take it personally. If she said no, I would absolutely be disappointed, but I also wasn't going to take it as a reflection of my worthiness or my potential or whatever wonderful things were in my future. And the same applies to you if you get some kind of rejection or a no. And that was the lesson we got from Kate last week on the podcast was what would have happened if she had said, oh, God, my idea clearly sucks. There's no point if she had taken on board that initial rejection that she had with Dirt Girl World, which is now a global phenomenon screened in 128 countries and initially wasn't picked up by anybody. She got zero feedback. So anyway, we did the interview, you've heard it, it was great, it was really inspiring. She was so generous with her time that we actually spent, I think, a good 20 minutes after we stopped recording chatting. And I was asking her, like, what could I do for you? Like, what is there that I can promote for you? Like, how can I support your work in some way through this? And she was telling me about this storytelling, change-making impact lab that she was a mentor on, and it was bringing together industry leaders in filmmaking and storytelling and change-making, community action, and research, and pulling people together to think about what are the stories we need to be telling in order to create social change. And it was interesting, like when she was saying it, I was like, yeah, yeah, great. I was already starting to think about the people that I could refer to her. And she said to me, oh, well, you should apply for it. And it was interesting. I hadn't even occurred to me that I would be considered a storyteller because I'm a podcaster. I was like, what? Yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And (laughs) I also understand the divine can work through other people. So pay attention when people say things like, you should apply for this. Like they are the exact same words that the contact that I'd made in the Lismore flood recovery effort when they had said, you should apply for this role at the Commonwealth Games ceremonies team to help manage the cast. And so those little words kind of like flagged to me and they should for you as well, because yeah, the divine works through other people. And it doesn't always mean <laughs> that it's meant for you, but it's, it means that it's worth exploring and checking in with your own inner guidance if it feels right for you or not. I don't want you to think that you suddenly have to do everything, that everybody is like, you should do this because everybody is speaking to you through their own lens of experience and limitations and everything. So use your discernment and your own inner guidance about what's right or what's not. Like I would 
second guess the advice from like my mother saying, you should definitely go and get a secure full-time employee job, Mandy, because that's the secure, sensible thing to do. All right. So yeah, I just want to <laughs> make that distinction. Uh, anyway, so Kate said she would send the link to me and she never did. <laughs> I did follow up after the interview, thanking her and, and saying, looking forward to getting the information, but I didn't hear back from her. So I figured she was busy. So here's another lesson. Don't ever take things personally like that. Like don't make up a story that makes you feel like shit when something ha like that happens. Like we never know what's happening for someone else. So you might as well make up a story that makes you feel fine and still good and worthy when somebody doesn't respond to you. Now, I did actually try to find the information. I did a Google search, but nothing came up. And so I was like, ah, okay, well, I'll just let it go. But then when I was stalking her on Facebook, when I was editing her podcast interview, I saw that she'd shared the link on it publicly. And it had closed over a week ago, but it didn't start for another week. And I must admit, when I read more about it, the more I wanted to do it. Like, I want to tell stories. I love storytelling. That's why I love doing this podcast. And if you saw my vision board, it features multiple references for this year about telling stories for social impact. So when I was reading about this whole lab that is about bringing people together to look at how we can use storytelling for social change, I was like, damn, that really does sound so good. So despite the fact that the application had closed, the application link was still live. So I was like, I'm just going to put in an application. So I just wrote one straight then and there. I didn't think too much about it. It was a bit involved, but I just did it anyway. And then I emailed Kate and the organizer. And Kate, bless her, answered straight away that night. And she gave me the time that the meetings would be for it. And she said, if you can make all of them, then I will email the organizer as well about you participating. And that night I went to bed and I felt nervous about it. Like I could feel myself wanting it now. And so I prayed. I just prayed and I went, you know, dear divine love and light, like, I want to use my voice for good and I want to tell stories and I want to speak and I, I want to be in a position to influence and affect people to believe in themselves and to follow their souls and create change in the world. Like I want to show up and, and do the work of being a light and helping create a better world and if this impact lab is part of the journey for me to do that, then please do what you can to make it happen. And if it's not my path, then I trust that. And I just surrendered it over. And then the next day I got confirmation that I was in. And I must admit, I was so giddy. I was so excited because that was the other thing. After I'd interviewed Kate, I'd had this really strong feeling and I think I might have even said it out loud of like, God, I want to be in that woman's world more. Like, 
I felt such an energy after speaking with her on the podcast. I was like, how could I be in her world more? And well, once I got accepted into this lab, then that's exactly what was going to happen. There was six weeks. We get together on a Wednesday for two hours and basically we're being stepped through a process in forming multidisciplinary teams and we will be considering the stories that we need to be telling in order to create the kind of future that we want to see. And then we're going to be talking to key people like policymakers, um, screen and film industry producers, leaders of nonprofits. And we're going to be talking to them about our ideas and about how we need to start shifting the narrative around change and climate action and equity and inclusion. And so this is really fun. And I get to be with Kate for a whole another six weeks and learn from her. So there's a couple of lessons here. Like don't let an initial roadblock stand in your way. It's always worth trying for what you want, even if it looks like a done deal that it's not going to happen. And surrender over any outcomes and just trust the path. Like you will not miss out on what's meant for you. And likewise, if something doesn't pan out for you like you wanted, just trust that it's for the best. I was recently reminded of the beautiful AA wisdom of rejection is God's protection. And I just love that so much. I feel that's so true. And also another lesson is reach out directly to people involved in decision makings and just be really human about the fact that you are wanting whatever it is that you're wanting, just like speak to humans. I really feel like it may not have been enough just to submit the application form. It was me having uh, reached out to the organizer directly, but also reaching out to Kate and having her endorsement that got me in. It just wouldn't have been enough to go, oh, I'll just put in the application form, like connect into the humans involved in whatever it is that you're trying to do. And also people will pick up on the energy of surrender and openness. Like if you are really anxious and really kind of desperate, like that energy is also felt. So I'm sure that that helped here, like where energetically I was just like, I am fully just trusting, even though I was excited and nervous and like wanting it. uh, The truth of my energy was like, I really do trust whatever path is for me. So the lessons don't stop there. Um, so it turned out that being involved in this, like once I actually got accepted, it really did turn my nerves inside out. Like as soon as I was in it, I suddenly went, oh my God, I'm like way out of my comfort zone. I felt so unqualified to be in the rooms and like really just out on a limb basically. And I had to record a two minute story within days because obviously I was submitted late and so suddenly they were like hey you've got to do this thing and it's due within a couple of days and we had to tell a two-minute story and they didn't really give a lot of guideline we just had to make it a personal story in terms of social impact my go-to story that I was thinking about was being involved in the community movement in the flood recovery effort in Lismore but the things that I want to share about that is a really big story And I was like, I do not know how 
to put that into two minutes. Like, look at how long these podcast episodes are. I'm like, I can't do that in two minutes. So I wasn't really too sure. Nothing was kind of landing for me uh, that afternoon. And so when I went to bed, bedtime's like my favorite time to pray, by the way, particularly when I'm alone because Hannah's not with me. So it means I can just pray in bed out loud alone. And I really like that. Um, Is that too much information? I don't know. Anyway, it's part of my process. Anyway, I went to bed and I was like, please give me the clarity on the story that I should share. And I was giving the divine the entire night to get clear. I was like, can I please wake up with clarity on what story I should share? And said, thank you very much. Amen. And went to like go to sleep. And within minutes, the story formed in my head about receiving the message from my dad. Now, my dad has passed. He died oh, like 27 It'll be 28 years this year. Oh my God, so long ago. And he's in spirit and he's with me. And there's a one particular story, which was such a pronounced experience of him sending me a message from the other side. And I think I'll do a whole podcast episode on it because it was to date the most opened email that I've sent to my email list. So many people were interested in messages from the other side. And so if you are, if you really, you know, want me to do this episode, send me a message and let me know and I'll prioritize telling you this story and what I learned from this experience. But it came through clearly, like tell this story. And I'm sure that was directly from him going, hey, that was a really impressive thing I did sending you those messages. You should tell that story. But I was nervous because the idea of telling that story in that group of people meant that I kind of out myself as the spiritual woo person. And my backstory is like, I spent seven years working at a university and I had to hide that side of myself and not reveal it and talk about it. It had to be more about evidence-based practices and spirituality is faith-based, right? And I love seeing how there is so much more convergence between science and spirituality, but I still feel like there's a little bit of a residue of that censoring of myself and wanting to belong. But I trusted my guidance and I thought this is all part of the process of being bold and taking risks and trusting the impulses and the messages. And it's also a really cool story. And it's a cool story because the evidence was so clear in my experience that it it's undeniable that we've got ancestors and guides and angels, whatever you want to call them, listening to us, hearing us and supporting us on our journey. So I thought, well, maybe this is my role here is to share this story and for other people to hear that and have that touch them if that's what they need to hear right now. So I did it and I submitted it. And I mean, my vulnerability around that just has actually not left, (laughs) particularly after I listened to all the other stories everyone shared. But yeah, I still am like, working through what does this mean for me in my work here, like being in this group and seeing this hesitation in me, not resistance, but this hesitation in me really owning what I believe in. Because the truth is, like when I think about the stories that I want to share, obviously I want to share the stories with you and with everyone about the brave, courageous, 
people who step up and follow their souls and their hearts and do the work that they're called to do and make the difference that they're called to make and truly feel fulfilled by what we're doing in our lives and in the world. But I also believe that part of the reason we're in such a mess on the planet is our lack of consciousness. I I look at us Westerners and I just think we are spiritually starving as a society. And I think about the indigenous wisdom and way of living and it was so deeply spiritual. It was so deeply connected to one another and country and animals and a greater spirit. And they believe that our ancestors are with us. And I believe that spirituality needs to be part of the solution that we are looking at and and connecting to in order to create the world that we want to create. And that's why I love talking about serendipity and grace and, you know, all of that magic that occurs because when we do get into sync and connection to that greater spirit, that thing that connects us all, you start to see it. I keep hearing from so many of you who listen to the podcast and you're out there and you're, you're doing your thing and you're seeing it in how things line up in such perfect order and you didn't have to make it happen, you know, and I just think, wow, imagine how much we would accelerate positive change in the world if we were all acting from that deep trust and connection to that divine intelligence. So once again, the lessons around following the inner guidance and impulses and taking the risk to reveal who you are and what you really believe. Capitalism and society have conditioned us into this two-dimensional living that's so devoid of deeper connection to one another, our planet, to what's within us. And is that something greater? So this story is still in process, right? Who knows where it's going to end up? But like, you know, think about where we started. It was all from me saying yes to that serendipitous opportunity to MC at Woodford. And now all of a sudden I'm in this room full of people being mentored by Kate and going to have the opportunity of pitching ideas for change to industry and government um, decision makers. I'm like, wow, I did not anticipate that happening from that point. But I just kept being bold enough to follow the impulses as I went along. So shall I recap the lessons? So you move away from this storytelling episode (laughs) with how you can apply it in your own life and your own journey So lesson number one, you never know what you can get if you don't ask. So be bold and ask for what you want. Two, don't let any initial roadblock stand in your way. It's always worth trying for what you want. Three, follow your impulses. Like when you have inspired ideas, do not talk yourself out of them. Uh, Four, I shouldn't have started fucking 
numbering these. They're not numbered on my notes. <laughs> I may lose my numbers. But anyway, four, surrender the outcome over. Trust everything is always working out in your favor at all times. Repeat after me. Things are always working out for me. <laughs> Let that be your mantra for life. It really helps with the process of surrendering. And five, reach out to humans wherever you can because it's in connection and collaboration and networking. I don't often use that word networking, but it's connection. Like Kate talked about that last week in the episode as well. Genuine connection with people. I think a lot of humans want to help humans. Six, don't ever take things personally if it doesn't pan out the way you want. Create the kind of story that makes you feel okay. Don't make a story that makes you feel like shit and makes it about you. What am I up to? Seven, pray for guidance and help whenever you need it and trust the answers that come through when you ask for them. Eight, taking risks outside of your comfort zone feels scary and bloody uncomfortable. If you aren't feeling uncomfortable and stretched or scared or scare-sided, as I love that, that blend of being scared and excited, then you are playing it too safe. And you really, you, you're still in your comfort zone. If you're not feeling scared, you're still in your comfort zone and you need to stretch yourself more. Nine, you can handle whatever the outcome is. When you are bold and take risks, know that you have got it. Like don't shy away from taking risks because you're afraid of being disappointed or you're afraid of how it's going to feel if it doesn't pan out the way you want to. Know that you can handle the outcome, whatever it is. Okay, there you go. I think it was, I think it ended up being a long one today. Oh yeah, it did. I hope that that was useful for you. Like I said, I'm still in the process. I'll report back. I'll let you know how this one unfolds. And for this week, look for ways that you can be bolder and take a risk. And let me know how that goes for you. I'm with you all the way. Honestly, I am cheerleading you here to be bold, take risks. Be bold, take risks. <laughs> Let that be the mantra as well. Okay, have a wonderful week. Um, get uncomfortable, get scared and be brave. All right, I love you. Bye. <laughs>